0: Welcome in to a rolling fat. Uh, sorry for that short hiatus as I required a refreshing dip in the waters of Lake Minnetonka to prep for the playoff run and the relentless nagging of a wife around the holidays. No trades this week as many teams seem to have who they want for the last stretch. There were a few ad drops, but it doesn't seem like anyone's really fighting over players more filling in the gaps. Um, the biggest ad to have any impact this week is probably Rex's pickup of Clyde Edwards Lair with Pacheco sitting out and McKinnon coming back with an injury of his own. Um... The Bills aren't great. It stopped the running backs, especially ones involved in the passing game. Outside of that, there were also the rumblings of the Chargers locker room that Ecklers lost a step and may be getting phased out of that game plan to end the year. So that's why I grabbed Josh Kelly as a long shot in case they go full scorched shirt like a first-time porn star on this underperforming offense. I wanted to give a separate shout-out to Jimmy as he admirably grabbed Robbie Gold off the heap of free, agent, free agents as he announced his retirement last week. Hopefully his team can overcome that zero every week to avoid the ball's trophy, or he wises up and grabs a different kicker as the season closes out. Hope you guys enjoyed the little jingle jangle I dropped in the group chat this week. Uh, A little peek behind the curtain on that one. It was probably like 10-12 years ago when ESPN was doing commercials um, for the college bowl season, and they were using kind of that same song, replacing the words with football lyrics, and I loved it, and I like every year I look forward to it, and then they stopped doing it. So I was like, why are they bringing it back? So I said, fuck it. I'm going to do one of my own. Uh, so typically, this is where I ha- recap the highlighted games of last week. Obviously, we are a week removed from that. So I'm going to do a quick recap of two weeks ago and then talk on some of the biggest movements last week. Uh, so two weeks ago, Bills at the Eagles was the game we were talking about. This game went nuclear. 48 and a half was the expected. Try combined 71. The betting gods did do everyone a favor, though, as the high scoring affair was still settled by three points in favor of the birds, which is what it was expected to be. And to think that I expected the defenses to show up in this one, what the fuck was I thinking? Hurts did only have about 200 yards passing in the affair, but totaled three passing touchdowns to go along with his two on the ground, so he still had a massive day despite the inefficiency through the air. Josh Allen had a slightly better passing day than Hertz, going for 339 and two tutties through the air, while also getting two rushing touchdowns of his own. Diggs was back to his normal self, totaling over 15 for the seventh time on the year. Now, as predicted, James Cook did have a rough day on the ground. As I said, the goal line carries. Josh Allen will see those. Well, he did. And if he had Cook, though, he did make up for his lack of production on the ground with some work through the air. Matching Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis with six catchables, six catches for a respectable 57 yards of his own, ending the day with double digits for the seventh time this year and three weeks in a row. Now to recap the uh, start-sit predictions I made for that game. Start hurts. Huge check mark. That one was kind of obvious, though, so can't really take too much credit there. Swift, eh? A little off as Hurts did dominate the ground game. Brown and Smith, I said were playable. True for Brown, but Devontae made me look like a fool with my pants on the ground. Don't start any other running back for the Eagles or tight end. Huge check mark. <laughs> one tight end catch on two targets, and the other two running backs accounted for forty scrimmage yards. And two, t- and two catches, I'm sorry, between Gainwell and Scott combined. So, obviously, you know, not much to go there. I said there was full confidence in Josh Allen, Diggs, Gabe Davis. Check, check, check. Cook, I said to avoid, but he did end up having a really good day. So, I missed on that one. Uh, but joke's on you guys because I was actually talking about Dalvin Cook. Psh, obviously. Kincaid also saw a lot more targets at six than I expected. So, that was a miss there. So, up and down day. Alright, so for the highlighted blunts and cunts games, John versus Jay, John ended up wiping the floor with Jay, and then when he was done, he told Jay to do the rest himself as he handed him a blue apron and yellow gloves. The win got John to 7-5 at the time, while also dropping Jay to 7-5. and five. You might not remember, but much of this matchup that week was decided already by the time I recorded, since Thursday and Friday had a combined 4 games, and in this matchup, Jay had 6 of his 9 guys done, looking at a steep hill to climb in order to be competitive. Mahomes played well, but not well enough, and no one on John's team made a huge misstep as Josh Allen and Bijan Honey Mr. Robinson both nearly doubled their predicted output. The other game was Dave vs. Kyle, another whomping as Dave shoved Kyle Bidge in the locker. The Bills-Eagles game talked about earlier was the biggest contributing factor to the disparity in score as the combination of Hertz, Swift, Diggs, and Bass scored 78.8 or 15.7 over expected for Dave. Kyle could have made it slightly more competitive if he were to have started Stafford over Baker and surprisingly the Jets D versus Miami over Cincy playing Pittsburgh. But he was trying to rest his best players for the playoff run, playing the long game. That win put Dave securely in the catbird seat and dropped Kyle to 500, fighting for his fantasy relevancy again. Those recaps were brought to you by the word of the day, luck. The most inflammatory word in the English language, as confirmed by the Lib Snowflakes, unable to digest basic motherfucking mathematical statistics. With this newly found information, Trump has decided to run his next campaign on the following platform. Make. Luck. Fuck. Again. Many of his supporters have already followed suit and started applying the word to everyday situations that can be described with numerical data, such as being pulled over, going 55 into 45. Hey, that fellow was just unlucky. Having unprotected sex with 100 women to only get one pregnant. Unlucky. Making more money than your significant other. Lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it. Trump 2024, 2028, 2032, 2036, 2040. Make luck fuck again. And now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Now, since we did not have a pod last week, I am going to just highlight the most impactful games and outcomes of the week. Me um, versus Dave, this was my chance to make a real run at the second buy spot and potentially number one overall if I could grab one from Dave and then also have the same outcome the next and final regular season week. Um, both teams could have altered their lineups to score more or less, but in my eyes, it really came down to an almost nothing play as Dave had the win in hand and Rashid Rice, who clearly fumbled the ball while a hand was under his ass, had the call reversed, securing Dave's victory. Putting me back at the top of the eight and five second place grouping while securing his number one overall seed and a first round bye. The rare double tight end move for Davey Boy really showed up as Kittle was underwhelming, scoring the single single digits for the sixth time this year, and Trey McBride picked up the slack, scoring just under 19. Any other player in the the flex would have lost the week for Dave. So, you know, crazy move there, but ended up working out for him. For the next breakdown, is going to be an overarching theme here. Tits and Nikki Co both lost their matchups to get to eight and five, and at the same time, John and Jay both won theirs to get to eight and five. In doing so, Jimmy has been eliminated, and as mentioned in the chat this week, puts Kyle in the mix to sneak in somehow. His odds of sneaking into the playoffs would be comparable to his chances of sneaking into the school library. It's just clear he doesn't belong. I'm not going to spit out results because anyone knows what they did last two weeks and me saying names and numbers is about as exciting as listening to other people play bingo. Skip. So for the awards. Biggest upset, I gotta go with Tits here. He had the chance with an expected winning margin of 23 to all but secure that second seed going into the Yops, but squandered it away with Justin Herbert staying to bed. Who would have thought the throwaway ad of Jake Browning could have won Tits this week? Rex, on the other hand, had a trio of Metcalf, Chase, Cooper, Cup adding 26.6 points to his expected total, which was just enough to overcome his goose egg of Jawan Johnson and somehow his even worse, negative one for the Browns' D. So biggest upset there goes to obviously Rex over Tits. Biggest loser is going to be Tits here. (laughs) And then the biggest winner... I hate to blow this ballooned-up ego anymore, but Johnny Boy has been on a roll since this somewhat of a two-week award. John has earned it. He beat Jay two weeks ago with the highest score on the week and then followed it up with another strong week winning over Tom in what was originally supposed to be a tight one. Those two wins were necessary to keep him in contention and did just that. Now to recap the Thursday night game. In what may be the biggest surprise of the season, the Patriots with their number two quarterback, number two running back and missing two starting receivers and a third contributing receiver played the Steelers with their number two quarterback, two defensive starters out and what was an extremely, extremely entertaining game. Both starting quarterbacks ended the day in the low to mid-20s, reaching that total in two very different fashions. Zappy was efficient through the air, throwing for three tutties, 240, and one interception. Jabriskie threw for slightly less at 190 for a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio, but ran it eight times for yet another score. For the Patriots, the offensive uptick really only supported two guys. Hunter Henry, who grabbed two tutties, was on waivers, and who amassed 140 scrimmage yards and a tutty of his own on one of his seven catches, while sitting on Tit's bench. Ouch. Juju had four grabs for 90 yards for 11 fantasy points, which is by far the highest on the year. Before this game, he was averaging about three and a half. Once the starting receivers come back, he will probably go back into the abyss of retirement watch. For the Steelers, Deontay was the only relevant player, as I chose to sit him as well. Could hurt in the long run, but I'm hoping that Lamb, DJ Moore, Zay Flowers can muster up more than Deontay's 13 points. The info to pull from this game that is extremely important moving forward is that the Patriots now have a viable quarterback who has the moxie to provide fantasy opportunities for those around him. Pittsburgh's a top-notch defense and was able to support three offensive players, um against them to their highest weeks of the year being the ones we mentioned earlier hunter henry zeke and um juju um and then they do have soft defenses coming up in kansas city and buffalo the nfl week 14 matchups that we're going to discuss fuck it let's do it eagles cowboys currently sitting at an over under of 51 and a half which is by far the highest on the week the boys are currently holding the betting edge as they are favored by three and a half some of them say three as well, though. You can you know, find it, I think, all the way up to four as well. It's pretty crazy. This puts the expected outcome about 27-24 in favor of the Cowboys. The first time these teams played in week nine, the over-under was at 46.5, and the spread flipped to the Eagles, and it ended up being a total of 52 points. I think Vegas got a little lazy here. I think they looked at the first matchup, said, oh, they scored about 52. Yeah, but this one, the Cowboys are at home. Let's just flip it that way um as you guys realize the eagles have been featured on a bunch of these breakdowns and i promise you it is not pandering to my audience they simply have a great fantasy setup they score a lot with their number two fantasy quarterback number 15 running back number four and 14 wide receiver and even number four kicker which typically a good kicker shows the offense is scoring a lot of points pair that with dead last against wide receivers and second to last against quarterbacks and it is the perfect fantasy mix for a fuck ton of points On the other side of the ball this week, Dallas is posting the number three fantasy quarterback, number two wide receiver, number eight tight end, number 13 running back, and number one kicker. They also have the number one fantasy D, but this matchup doesn't typically bode well for fantasy output that way, so we will not be talking about much about that. Now the Cowboys sit top five against every fantasy position except for quarterback, where they are dead smack in the middle of the pack. The Eagles seem to be looking for an identity, but the one thing you can bet on is Jalen Hurts running the ball. He got banged up a few weeks ago, but with all the reports that he's back to normal, and in a high-leverage divisional matchup like this, they will not be pulling any punches. I expect him to surpass the usual 10 rushes for 43 yards by a significant margin in this one. If he can keep the secondary of the Cowboys honest with his legs, it not only helps the other running counterparts such as Swift, but will also give way to some deep passing opportunities. If they become one-dimensional and in a hurry to score, it will put a major cap on Swift's numbers and potentially Jalen if players are not getting open in time. The number one matchup proved to not be fruitful for Swift or Gainwell when they played week 9 as they both scored around 8 fantasy points, but I believe if the Eagles want to put their best foot forward here, they should make a main staple of their offensive tack being the running game. Now where I can see some struggles offensively for the Eagles, I believe their wideouts are primed for a couple strong days. When Jalen breaks the pocket and needs something to happen, he tends to rely on Smith and Brown as safety nets. Due to pass rush of the boys and their knack for pushing the middle of the pocket back, not unlike the Eagles, Jalen would have plenty of opportunities to pick up first downs on backyard-style routes. On top of that, if Dallas gets jumpy, which they almost always do, and A.J. Brown pulls a double move, those fantasy points could skyrocket in a heartbeat. Dallas Goddard is returning this game as last time he was on the field was against the boys in a game where he had his arm damn near ripped off. He has a lot to play for here and Sirian is a player's coach, so he may turn to Goddard in a few goal line situations to get the guy going. Not a bad strategy against a team that has given up on average 4 catches, 45 yards, and a half a tutty each week to the position. On the other side of the ball, Dallas has been on a fantasy roll lately. On the season, they are averaging the highest points. A little over 32, third-most passing yards at 263, and 11th-most rushing yards at 117. And all three categories have significantly had higher averages over the last five weeks coming into this one. Dak has showed up across the board this year outside of two games. Week 1 versus the Giants, where he really wasn't needed. Defense and Tony Pollard pretty much dominated that game. And Week 5 against the 49ers, where the team just never got rolling. Outside of those two weeks, he has averaged almost 30 fantasy points per game. This is just under what he scored the last time he played the Eagles and the boys are at home where he's averaging over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and a third of an interception. So I expect this to be a lot of the same with some running mixed in because as the season has gone on, they've been using that feature in the offense a little more and effectively in the red zone where they struggled to start the season. The conversation around the receivers for the Cowboys for much of the season started and ended with CeeDee Lamb. Typically, with other guys getting in the mix the way Cooks has recently, CeeDee's numbers should take a small hit. That has been anything but the case here. Cooks has scored five different games this year and has a fantasy has been a fantasy relevant player in five of the last seven. But with the increase in passing yards, CD's average output has actually gone up over the last six weeks, where he has averaged twenty four and a half points per week. Once again, this is just about what he did against the Eagles last time, so I see that being fairly on point for where we should be looking at tonight. Pollard hit a tough spot in the middle of the season where he was consistently in the single digits, and the Eagles game was smack dab in the middle of that run. The Eagles played the run very well. The front four is stacked with pass rushers, but their true strength is the interior D-line, where they typically get a good pass rush up the middle, but also shut down inside running games and slow developing outside running games. If Pollard is set to see any success here, it will be most likely in the screen game or outside pitches. The biggest difference in the two teams make up this time around is the addition of Shaq Leonard for the Eagles. Cowboys missed out on that one, um, came out afterwards and had a lot to do with Sirianni's, you know, and his and Leonard's relationship that was already, you know, set up through the Colts. So, yeah, should have seen that one coming. Um, he was slash is a quick-titch linebacker who has a knack for moving sideline to sideline. He's definitely lost a few steps, but his intelligence puts him above the everyday run-of-the-mill replacement linebackers. His presence will be felt in the running game, and unless Cowboys have an early lead, I'd feel very hesitant starting Pollard this week. Lastly, there is Ferguson. Shaq Leonard once again plays a role here, but I doubt they will have him playing as a three-down linebacker in his first game. A lot of defensive playmaking in the passing game is reliant upon comfort and knowledge of the guys around you and how you see the offensive movement, shifts, etc. as a unit. Fergulicious had his best game of the season last time these two played. I don't think he will you know, get to those numbers, but he should have another strong performance. To wrap it up, for the Birds, definitely starting Hurts. Not a requirement to start Swift as he may not see the huge day, but he's been a staple in most lineups this year, so hard to turn away from a guy like that now. Um, I wouldn't start any other running backs for them, for sure. (laughs) I think Brown is an absolute smash play. Devontae is strong, and Goddard, you know, like I said, could be an emotional play here. I could definitely see him um, contributing. For the boys, Dak, CD, Ferguson, all super high end plays. Cooks is a strong one. Um, you know, he could see he's been very good lately, and Gallup has just been non existent. Um Pollard could be you know flex potential, but I don't, you know, I don't see that too likely. And if you want a long shot here, Jalen Tolbert could start to see his snaps and targets rise as Gallup is phased out of the offense. flash sponsor alert flash sponsor alert flex seal is back this time for all your holiday needs whether it be weatherproofing your home your screen door bottomed boat or a pair of old gym shoes flex seal has your stuff no ornaments for your christmas tree don't fret or go spending an arm and a leg on some delicate piece of shit your children are bound to break grab a set of dog testicles a literal piece of shit in tinfoil or your cable bill and Flex Seal that thing to fucking death. Happy holidays, you sons of bitches, from us over at Flex Seal. And now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Alright, for the breakdown for the blunts and cunts, this is kind of a weird one as we're going into the final week of the regular season, but we'll go this way. Uh, so, the first one, would be me versus Kyle. i doing this for the group because I know for a fact that everyone loves me bickering with two people. My wife, don't get me started, and my best man, Kyle, bitch. Oh, I'm sorry, I almost forgot that one. Kyle needs to win technically to still be in the YAF hunt. Damn, that has a nice ring to it. The YAF hunt. Looks like YAF's are right here to stay, brother. Not only do I want to crush the dreams of a good friend, but i also love to secure the most points on the year if I can stay within 16 of Dave on the week. But a win would also cement a first-round bye, as I do have the points for advantage pretty strongly over the, um, the rest of the 8-5 and five group. The most impactful games here are the Cowboys-Eagles games. We just retapped as I have Dak and CD for almost fifty of my expected one hundred and twenty-five, and then the Cleveland-Jacksonville game where he has Evan Ingram and I have the Jacksonville defense as well as the Browns kicker Hopkins. Sadly, I'll be without my boy Taysom this week as he nurses multiple injuries, but better off that way as I somehow already clinched a spot. John, Jimmy, I I looked into it. I have no guess how I clinched it, other than the fact that Kyle needs to outscore me by 260-something in order to overcome me. Kyle's Hawaiian brother, Tua, always has the chance to put up an insane week, and with the return of Justin Jefferson, it's not crazy to think Kyle could pull this win off. Now for the second BNC matchup. I'm mixing up a little bit. Um... If I were to lose the second place spot, would be up for grabs. So John has a fourteen point advantage over Jay, who has a ten point advantage over Nikki Coe, who has a six point advantage over Tits. There are way too many variables to have a true breakdown here. So I would say good luck to all of you fellows, <laughs> as there will be much of the season decided on today's games. Um, obviously, throughout the day, we'll keep uh, we'll keep texting and posting everybody on this one. Um, love you fellows. Good luck. Keep rolling.